Uh, what's the ethnic background? So my first name is technically Italian, and my last name is French, and my family is from San Juan, Puerto Rico. <laughs> so dude, I've been trying to figure it out myself. So it's wonderful to see you all here today uh, to be the feature for The Word. Uh, this is an absolutely wonderful opportunity, as mentioned. Our last meeting was the first time I had been up here in eight years. So I have written a lot of new material, and I'd like to explore some of that with you guys today. I was thinking of playing some cheesy NBA intro music for my walk up here, but I don't know. It just felt like the effort it would have taken to find it would have taken much longer and distracted me from your guys' wonderful open mic. This first piece is called Dark Web. You want to believe, you have to believe, that good triumphs over evil, that good things happen to good people, and that they all live happily ever after. But things are always more complicated Every hero is a villain in another story. Every saint is a sinner in another religion. Every genius is a moron in another discipline. How disorienting. A philanthropist poisoning a river. A humanitarian trafficking humans. A pacifist overseeing executions. Where did it all go wrong? Or was it always like this? Do eyes that see the truth wish to be plucked out or wish to dive deeper? Do you truly hunger for knowledge? Just know that what you may see will make it very difficult for you to believe. This next piece is called The Wayback Machine. Now, I don't really have a lot of stories behind my pieces because they usually come to me in a fit of inspiration or weird stupor where I just have to regurgitate things onto paper. Well, not paper anymore, but let's use paper for now. Regurgitate things onto paper until it finally leaves my brain hole. So this one, The Wayback Machine. Creative writing, from poetry to prose, from journalism to historical fiction, has been organized into epics, movements, themes, social issues, and titles, what have you. I often wondered what it was like to be in those influential groups, to be spearheading the beat generation, to be mingling with the Dadaists, the modernists, the postmodernists, to dream with the futurists, to dig with the historians, and to live in the moment that will be christened with a name, an organization, a unifying principle, a t-shirt, a commemorative pin, you know, whatever else they get. <laughs> it feels harder these days. Things change so fast. You're a beatnik one minute, then a surrealist the next, or maybe you're an existentialist and you're still waiting on that t-shirt that may not come. <laughs> Were these writers with whom I share a thin bond, a membership, 
to a fraternity with no building or structure, even aware of where they fall, or were they just thrust into a category and told, here is what you are, the t-shirt and pen are in the mail. How will the historians of the future take my extensive catalog from 2009 to 2022 and beyond and place me in that web of writing history? Will I fall into a like-minded group? Will I create my own writing revolution? Or will I simply be a depressed, ethnically ambiguous millennial with delusions of grandeur? I look forward to their interpretation. <laughs> It surprises me that you use the term beatnik, which is two generations before you. It was a very popular subject to study at Kent State Ashtabula. Oh, okay. They had whole classes just on that. Yeah, we had right? a professor who specialized in uh, that era. I'm 74, and that's preceding me. Yeah. <laughs> Side note about that professor, I went up to him a few years later after graduating and told him I took that class. And he basically told me that beatniks suck and that the beat generation sucked and he didn't have he didn't like them at all. And I'm like, wow. Then why'd you teach it? Because they paid me. <laughs> oh. That's like, then why did you specialize in this? I don't know. Well, go back and watch uh, Me TV and uh, Dobie Gillis and uh, the guy that played Gilligan played a beatnik mm -hmm. in that series. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Native G. Krebs, and and he couldn't say the word work. I told my family I was going to poetry, and she referred to this as a gathering of beatniks. Where's the bongos? Why is that the thing that had to stick? Why? <laughs> right? Like, none of the ones that are famous ever did the bong. I'm sorry, we're just totally... No, <laughs> you're fine. This is a wonderful stream of consciousness <laughs> <spit> that <laughs> contributes to all of us and helps me pad out the time, so... <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but the, you, the, the Wayback Machine, that's uh, uh, Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Yeah. They're mm -hmm. out of the uh, uh, cartoons. Cartoons from the uh, uh, 60s. That's the dog that was yeah, yeah, lots of deep references there. Glasses and Sherman was his uh, dim-witted human sidekick. Yeah. Alrighty, this next piece is called the lead pill. The what pill? The lead pill. I don't want the lead pill, but I understand it. I understand what it's like to feel lost to feel powerless, to want another chance, but knowing it will never come. They give you pills to make it better. Pills for pain, pills for sleep, pills to keep the existential dread away, and pills to keep the side effects at bay. When we have problems, we want pills. There's a new pill every day, a new miracle cure, and a new class action settlement a few years later. <laughs> I don't want the lead pill, but I understand it. Everyone needs pills, just don't take that lead pill. It's not the lead that gets to you, but the way you administer it. Some people take it in quiet. Some people want an audience. Others want to be 
their own doctors and prescribe them to the public. The news came out today. One kid took the lead pill at school so everyone can see his mind open up and spill its contents onto the floor. Maybe they'd understand then. But I wanted the lead pill once and I couldn't understand. This next piece is called Splinter. One little thing can change everything. It doesn't need to be noticed, at least not at first. You were under my skin, and I didn't take you out. I didn't know you were there, and I didn't know you would hurt. I thought you'd fall out, maybe just wait. Don't make it a big deal, don't make it worse. But you stayed and festered, you became infected, it started to bleed, and it started to ache. So I pulled you out, incredible pain. I screamed, I cried, I wished I would die. But it's over now, you're finally gone, and I'm better, and I'm happy. I yanked you out, and though it hurt, I can finally feel, and I can finally heal. next piece is called Black Mold. The whole area is filled with black mold. Another drop in the bucket, another crumb in the dish. The light is still on, the water still runs. Another drop in the bucket, another crumb in the dish. Scrub and scour, scrape it off, burn it, bleach it, but it doesn't come off. The whole area is filled with black mold. Surviving is living, living is dying. The light's still on, the water still runs. But we don't live, we only survive. Another drop in the bucket, another crumb in the dish. next piece is called Creating a God. You created a God and expected people to worship it. You had expected reverence but were met with ambivalence. The God you made that says what you're thinking, that loves those like you and despises those not like you, that you have made in your own image. It's perfect, you think. Because my God doesn't make mistakes. Because that would mean that you make mistakes and you don't make mistakes. That would be impossible. How dare they, you think, not believe in your God, when you explicitly tell them they are required to believe. They are wrong if they don't believe, and they have to leave, and never come back. But what you didn't see, or maybe you saw but refused to accept, it's not that they didn't believe in your God, but that they didn't believe in you.
already. I am running through these a little too quickly. I wish I had more banter to pad this out. <laughs> so, uh, how about them Lakers? Are the Lakers still a thing? Wrong <laughs> <laughs> part of the country. Yes. What, what's the deal with airline food? I mean, who puts it in the microwave? And then it serves it to you cold. I missed you, man. Do you work for the EPA? I don't. I might. But you talk about black mold and lead and all those environmental issues. Ashtabula's chemical poisoning problem. Oh, yeah. Oh, we do have that. All, the, all of their water is littered with every known chemical you can think of. Fun fact, and this is... Now I have some exposition. You see, my grandmother told me a lot of great stories. She was full of them because she had lived life in ways I didn't think one person who seemed, you know, very, you know, grandma. You don't expect your grandma to, in her early to mid-twenties, be the badass biker chick who dusted a guy upside his head with a pair of brass knuckles, saying to him, did you hit my friend? Tucked it right here, wore all black, went to the bar he was, and right in the head. Make sure you didn't get arrested for that. He did, however, get arrested for fraud. That's another story, though. A fun story I might tell a little later on. But she told me about Howard Street and mentioned Howard Street. And Howard Street was a special place because Howard Street is where a lot of not good things happen. And by not a lot of good it's things... It's a callback. <laughs> I mean crime. I have a book about Howard Street, and I, I might need to give you that. Yeah. You, to, for you to check that out, because you probably read a lot faster than I do. I read the same sentence over and over again, and I'm like, wait, this is the phone book. <laughs> but she told me a story about the Ashtabula River, which flows through my humble hometown and it gives people everything except water. It gives you, oh, I don't know, cancer, heart disease, um, something to look at when you're like, what is that funky smell? Yeah. But she told me that the old hospital, back when environmental regulations weren't so tight, uh, used to dump medical waste because here's the hospital, here's the river. Very convenient to just right out there. That's why she didn't want to eat any uh, local caught fish. Mm. But, eh, doesn't kill you. It'll kill you later. So, <laughs> I mean, you gotta, you gotta be willing to roll the dice. What's the worst that could happen other than, you know, painful, excruciating death? But, you know. Only a few mutations. That's the Hey, I'm waiting on those mutations. I'd like to grow an extra limb. Mm -hmm. I would. That would be so useful. Kind if of I books. could grow a third arm and I could play guitar <laughs> like Steve Vai. <laughs> because now I have one extra limb than he does. And that mm -hmm. obviously makes you better, doesn't it? Theoretically, mm -hmm. yeah. This is all ad lib. That's life changing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Life changing. I could grow a second well, liver. I don't know. Like you see in the, the space movies and mm -hmm. Star Wars and so on mm -hmm. with all the creatures with multiple arms yeah. playing things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. The problem is, is that normally when your body grows extra stuff, it's usually cancerous, so maybe you don't want that. This next piece is called stagnant water. It has nothing to do with that story, but I felt it might be a good thing. The water here, it is an excellent segue. The water here ran clear. The air smelled fresh, 
and the grass was verdant green. One day the water no longer ran. It seemed to have been cut off. The remaining water stood stagnant, molded, and acrid. The odor hung ever pungent in the air, and the grass became muddied and brown. The land was given time to fester, and time should heal all wounds, but it never got better, and remained almost uninhabitable, waiting for that water to run clear again. Now the area has been drained, paved over and dried, girders erupting like tender shoots to support the fruits of urban life, but the ground never changed, and there were concerns that swampland could destabilize and sink or crack the foundation, but a concern for another time. At least no one has to look at it anymore. Mm. So this piece right here is called, I Wasn't Drinking. I don't drink. Those are three words that, though they may seem inoffensive, even boring to most, elicit a sort of visceral fear when slipped into casual conversation. You see, any nonsensical whimsy, any flight of fancy or oddity or eldritch horror from the nether that you happen to speak into existence can usually be excused by following it with the phrase, oh, don't mind that, I was drinking. It acts as a sort of salve that explains away any associations between your words, your actions, and your standing among your peers. But when you don't drink in this particular art form, people slowly realize that the seemingly terrible, twisted, dark, and brooding, depressive, suicidal, and otherwise pathological musings that you have regurgitated on paper like black and bile and smeared into a Rorschach test to present to people in hopes of finding a kindred spirit in a cold, isolated, uncaring world came from your own inner machinations, stone, cold, sober. What do you expect them to think of you? Cheers. <laughs> that seemed to be written more not cold, cold, cold sober. <laughs> With regurgitation into the black bile and the, the picture is visceral. Visceral. visceral yeah. Yep, <laughs> that's the best word to describe that. That's pretty much all the new material I have. Um, you are welcome to either do uh, an old one, or we can close any announcements. Okay. Um, it's your choice. You know what? I think. We choose that you read some of the old stuff. Fair enough. <laughs> ah. Keep going with the stand-up comedy. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, this guy's charming. He just, he could have a career on stage. So, let me tell you another fun story about my grandmother. The woman right. who used to warm up my oatmeal and was one of the most feared women in Canton at one point. <laughs> 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 she, their interaction is part of what led to the creation but of our group. you understand that in Ashtabula, mm -hmm. that was a mafia headquarters, mm -hmm. the entire Route 11 out of Youngstown mm -hmm. 
and up the, the, the west side of the, the, or the east side of the state, was developed just for the mafia <laughs> in Ashtabula. That makes sense. I wonder why there were so many Italian restaurants. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, uh, I, I gave Marshmallow a shit for saying his dad was in the mob. Hmm. No, I don't know. Could have been true. Could have been. Could have been. So, my grandmother um, did went to prison. She served a sentence in... I know. <laughs> mother? <laughs> no, at the Ohio Reformatory for Women in Marysville, Ohio. Hey, is. I was born there. <laughs> the current... Longest standing prison still in operation in the state of Ohio. It's a fun so fact. Bad. It's uh, I know that because when we went to the Corrections Training Academy, uh, for some reason, reasons I'll never understand, for people who are getting paid, you know, like 13, 15, 17 bucks an hour to sit at a table and tell a grown man, no, you can't have an extra blanket uh, because your bunkmate slash fluffer is cold had to learn about the history of the Ohio penal system. And that was one of the things we learned, that that's the oldest standing, still in operation prison. The oldest standing prison is the Ohio Reformatory, which is where they filmed Shawshank Redemption in Mansfield, Ohio. It's a tourist attraction. The architect who built that building mm -hmm. also built uh, the center in downtown Cleveland, the Soldiers and Sailors Monument, mm -hmm. that same architect. Huh. Oh, wow. I just found out yesterday that uh, I have an uncle that's so time in that prison. I actually had a Sunday school teacher who served time. <laughs> Not in that prison, but fun fact. So she told me that, you know, this was back, it was like this little early 60s. And <laughs> she said that, you know, there was a there was a, a good bit of segregation in the prison system. No. So the, the warden would refer to uh, the African American inmates as her black tulips, and the Caucasian inmates as her white tulips. My grandmother saw a woman set herself on fire because uh, she was being almost consistently assaulted. Uh, she had been convicted of abusing and killing her own child. Yeah. Something that um, you'd be amazed that, you know, our penal system is filled with parents who don't take kindly to the thought of someone harming a child, who even a stone-cold killer, someone who has murdered someone else, has said to me, I have kids. <laughs> and I couldn't imagine someone doing that to my kids. Like, you did that to someone's kid? Yeah. Granted, that person was grown up, but that was someone's kid at yeah. some point. But the cognitive dissonance of prison aside... It wasn't their own kids. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't their kids. This next piece wow. is called Guts. This one I actually wrote during one of these poetry reviews. I don't have the guts. Don't tell me I already know. My guts are in a jar, covered in salt, and sitting to ferment until they are rendered to sauce. I bottled this sauce to pour all over my insecurities and add a little flavor to the bitter pill I swallow daily and forget it all for just a moment. 
I feed myself bitter words and hope to reinforce what I was told or everything I thought about myself, how I saw myself, another bitter pill. I didn't want to hold it true, but all I knew was to consume. I wanted to speak out, to shout, to break free, and just be me. But I didn't have the guts. They were left in a jar to ferment. I, I, oh, you go first. No, I can make announcements whenever you're ready. That's okay, all I was well, going to say, but feel free. Then I'll close with a story and then one more poem. In the city of Ashtabula, where I am from, there is a nursing home called Park Haven Nursing Home. It's no longer in operation because it was burned down. Well, it wasn't burned down, but there was a fire there. The fire damage was extensive, so they shut the place down and then sold it, and no one's done anything with it because what had caused the fire was a meth lab. Fun fact, I met the guy who burned it down. I met him while I was working in prison. Oh, he was a character. Um, he used to, his name was Kevin. I'll just, I'll just call him Kevin. That's ah, public record. His name's Kevin Bucci. He was, he was a funny dude. So how the story goes is Bucci and his friend uh, were making some birthday meth because it was Bucci's birthday. And, you know? <laughs> Bucci's birthday meth. <laughs> so what, what, what better thing to do during your birthday? So they were residing at Park Haven Nursing Home at the time and put together the meth lab to start making the meth. The meth lab explodes. Legend. Burns down <laughs> the facility. His friend ends up dying in the explosion. Oh, and they well, originally tried to get him in for murder, but he took a plea deal for arson and would spend eight years in prison, which unfortunately was the last eight years of his life because he did have a life-ending, you know, chronic illness. He was a character though. He used to leave lewd drawings on the the like windowsills, like, you know, these aren't like windows, these, they have bars and it's all concrete and rebar and, but, but you can like see glass outside and he, he would put like little snippets of paper and, and it looked like something, just the weirdest thing, like just like Disney meets someone who should be in prison. <laughs> <laughs> But, oh man, oh he, was, he was a character, and unfortunately, yeah, he did die. Dude, you got to understand that earlier we talked about <coughs> the uh, Mad Hatter kind of thing, mm -hmm. or uh, the uh, event, and, and they were mad because they used uh, formaldehyde to make the felt hats, and it drove them crazy. Well, in MET, all of those chemicals drive you crazy as well. Fair enough. Dude, mind that for a piece. Like, all the good elements of a good performance piece are in that story. We uh, we did record you, so you do have all of this to refer to. Josh is right. All those stories, every single one of them has something in it that you can use. Fair enough. I did start to see that um, when I was reciting these stories. Mm -hmm. Let's see. One more thing, mm -hmm. we have a person who used to participate in this event who is the wife of an Italian from Italy mm -hmm. who's in Ashtabula and has a restaurant. And you mentioned there's a lot of Italian <laughs> restaurants in Ashtabula. 
I recommend you admit Tanya her because she Tanya but, I can't remember I can't and, pronounce and, her last and name and properly. she is really good and so you might want to collaborate with her for some of this stuff because mm -hmm. there's a fellow there in Ashtabula and and she's into this craft as well very nice I have her info I know who she is I just can't pronounce her last name it's Italian. It, exactly. I'm Irish. Our tongue don't work that way. <laughs> we won't hold that against you. <laughs> huh? We won't hold that against you. No. No. Lots of potatoes. It's a bit of all right. <laughs> all righty. All right. All right. This last piece is called A Sinner's Prayer. And this is based on a real event. That's much. I will give you that story. I prayed the most sincere and the most selfish of ways. I knew what I had done was wrong. The burden sat heavy on my soul. Two lines that seemed to condemn me with big red letters that read P-R-E-G-N-A-N-T. Pregnant. Please, if I may plead for one thing and have it be heard, do not let this child be born. Do not let the cycle repeat of one parent seeking another victim to fill a gaping wound and one seeking to run away from a past that seeks to overtake him and consume. Was it a coincidence, a stroke of luck in an otherwise unlucky existence, or a morsel of mercy plucked from the table to feed to the dog that I am from an unseen hand? She told me she was hurt alone in the hospital when she had miscarried. How could I tell her that my pain was not grief, but guilt? I asked for this, and upon its arrival, I rejoiced and felt glad. Thank you all so much for coming out tonight. I really appreciate you all. Very fun.